It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. In this episode, I sit down with Rob Fajardo of Leave Normal Behind to talk about what that means. Get ready, because you are now listening to Tiny Leaps. Big change. I would have... Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, we are talking about leaving normal behind. Now, I'll be completely honest. A couple of weeks ago, I had no idea what that meant. Like, like it seems like one of those things I always rail against that sounds cute and is catchy and so on and so forth, but doesn't have any real practicality behind it until I really started diving into what today's guest and his brother are trying to accomplish. And all of a sudden it clicked and it made sense. And so I wanted to bring him on to dive into that, to talk about the philosophy behind it, to talk about his story and why he embraces that idea and why that matters to him and why he went so far as to create a show around it and and what that show is trying to accomplish and what they've done so far. So with that said, I want to welcome Rob Fajardo to the show. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Greg. Thank you so much for having me on uh, the show, man. It it is an honor. You're just doing amazing things and, you know, really appreciative for the time that I get to spend with you and your audience. Pumped, man. So let's start out um, with, I think, probably the biggest question on my mind and and I'm sure on on many listeners' minds as well. Uh, What does leave normal behind mean? Yeah. So leave normal behind it's one of those things that is just so great because my brother and I engineered it in a way where it means something different to everyone. And it's abstract enough to have multiple meetings yet defined and constrained enough to go in the right direction. The mission of LNB and leaving normal behind is to inspire others to become the best version of themselves and create things that matter. To each person, you know, we have a TV show ourselves that we air uh, every Monday night, 8 p.m. I ask my guests every single time, and, you know, we have guests in Leave Normal Behind, too, where we've recorded their answers of what do the words leave normal behind mean to you? And, man, I've heard I've heard a lot of things. You know, it's one of those things where it might be um, an interpersonal relationship that you have with yourself, meaning, you know, go after what it is that you want. It might have some external meaning like um, don't 
listen to other people's opinions that don't have your best interest in mind. It might be don't go the normal route and do the thing that might be abnormal for you. That might be slightly more risky, you know, but is ultimately going to make you more fulfilled. So, you know, leave normal behind. And part of the reason why it's been, you know, so organic and, you know, people are able to attach themselves to it is because it means something slightly different to each individual person. Yet the crux and the core message is to become the best version of yourself and create things that matter. And because we're all individuals, that means something a little bit different for each and every one of us. So um, I actually really like that approach of, you know, having this, this core philosophy that uh, drives everything you're doing. But at the same time, it's, it's broad enough that each person can define it for themselves. Um, I want to take a step back. But first, what is your personal def- definition right now? And I, I say right now because I assume that has shifted from when you first started. And I'm, I assume it'll shift in another week. But like what is as of this recording, what is your personal meaning behind it? Yeah. So my personal meaning, which actually will never shift because it's so aligned, is leaving normal behind for me is inspiring others to become the best version of themselves and create things that matter. Because I know that allowing myself to be a conduit and facilitator to the inner genius of others is just going to create more good in the world and is ultimately going to create more of an, an impact. You know, and I'm a big reader myself, Greg, I've, I've read into you and you know that you've read into personal development books myself. I've read, you know, hundreds of books, philosophy, science, every personal growth classic that you can think of, you know, and, and one of these quotes that um, I like from a guy named Walter Russell is, He says, man cannot multiply himself unless he can divide himself amongst all others. And you look at a lot of these other influencers here, and I'm not going to name any. We all know who the bigger influencers are. But you look at it and you have to see, you know, if that person dies, can their community continue to live on past them? Or Or was it built where they're at the helm and they're the one that's the leader versus, you know, you look at every other movement, the civil rights movement, Christianity, um, Gandhi, you know, it's, it's a lot of people feeling a smaller sense of ownership over one big idea and with leave normal behind. That's always been our biggest mission is to impact more of that global change. Um, and for myself, you know, as one of the founders, to me, it means, yeah, inspiring others to become the best version of themselves and create things that matter. Cause that's also my purpose, you know? So at this time, my purpose and my business are so intertwined and aligned with each other. That, you know, for me, uh, that's what leave moral behind is always going to mean, you know, is my purpose Got is it. directly correlated with the mission. And, and I think that that should be it as as one of the founders. Got it. Got it. No, that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Um, OK, so let, let's back up a bit. Uh, I always like to try to get a better understanding of how people uh, developed the the philosophy that they have around the world and, and, and mm-hmm. what it is that drove them to that. Uh, tell us a little bit about how, uh, whether it was you or your brother or a combination of both, or maybe the way you're, you were raised, like, what is it that led you to this point of, of like developing this concept? Cool. So leave normal behind is going to be three years old, January, 2018. So the first time we ever, you know, hashtagged leave normal behind on social media was in January, 2015. And, you know, a little bit of background for on me 
is I had always wanted to be a professional athlete, baseball particularly. My whole life, you know, was defined by being that kid that was really, um, really giving it a shot, you know, playing on every sports team, going on all the AAU teams. Man, I, I wasn't drinking, wasn't smoking. I wasn't allowed to sleep over people's houses. My mom was that, like, strict, like, Italian mom. My dad's Hispanic, Puerto Rican, <laughs> and, um, you know, so many people could come over to my house and sleep over, but I just had a like a, a more curated, like, um, parental guidance. And in hindsight, it's, it was so amazing, right? Cause at 14, 15, 16, right. When you're sleeping out at your friend's houses, that's when you get yourself in trouble, right? That's when you start sneaking out. That's when you start drinking too early. Right, that's right. when you start smoking too early, right? Is you give yourself those opportunities, um, to get yourself in trouble. And my parents just knew like, you know, we could have everyone over at our house, you know, and they'd be able to make sure that we wouldn't get ourselves in trouble. Um, and that, that worked for a period of time, dude. I almost consider myself like two, two people. Um, because at that time, dude, I was getting like straight A's. Like I said, I was a super straight age kid. I'd go to the parties and people would be like, oh, you're not drinking? And I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go pro, you know? And we all can remember like, when we were younger, you know, just that, that one person felt slightly ostracized. And you know what? It, and like my worst nightmare happened, dude. And, and in hindsight, it was really coming from a place of scarcity as opposed to a place of abundance. I didn't understand thought mechanics at that time. I didn't really start diving into personal growth books, you know, until let's say, you know, 18 years old. So, you know, 15, 16, 17, being in this very highly competitive um, atmosphere of sports where everything is, you're not fast enough, you're to this, you're to that, who's better than this, your spot's not really there, right? It's, it's this over alpha male, hyper-masculine, scarcity mindset where there's just no, not real abundance there. Unless, right. And it's that difference of being up at the plate and saying, you know what, I'm going to get this hit right now because all the scouts, every major league scouts is watching versus I'm going to hit this baseball because I'm fucking great at baseball. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to dive in, but I, I, I got to push us in this direction you mentioned your worst nightmare happened. What, what is that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm setting up the scene. So what, what had happened is, um, I was traveling, um, I was on this really, really great baseball team. We were at university of Virginia for this tournament and you, you couldn't get calls from these big schools, uh, until July 1st, I think of the summer going into your senior year of high school. And, um, so Right out of the movie, you know, like 30 guys, top recruits were playing like video games, like Mario Kart in this room. And as soon as, you know, the deadline allows like people to start calling the phones, like start ringing off the hook. You know, every school you can imagine just starts calling like Duke, UNC, Texas, Princeton, UVA, Florida, you you name it. Right. And people are getting scholarships. Right. And and everyone's cheering. Everyone's copping. And, you know, to be playing, another person would get called, go out and be like, Vanderbilt just called me, you know, they just offered me a scholarship and everyone's, you know, congratulating everybody. And I was the only person in the room that did not get a call. I was the only person in the room that did not get a call. And the reason why I I didn't get a call was a couple of things. One, I had a like hurt my, tore my labrum in playing football and, and different things. And, you know, I was playing well, but more importantly, was my, my high school coach wasn't too fond of me, you know, being like a second generation immigrant myself. Um, 
like we work very hard for our, our things. And I was fortunate enough to go to like a very great high school, but one of those like preppy, waspy, like aristocratic type schools that like gives you a good opportunity. Yeah. I was around a lot of people that we felt, and there's like some saying that we're like born on third base and think they hit a triple. Right? You're right. Like born on third base and, and you think you're a triple. So I just wasn't this like brown nosy, like type person, you know, and my high school coach, you know, just didn't, didn't like that about me. So he uh, gave me like 12 at bats my spring season where when I got to the summer season, one of the coaches who was the head coach of the thing, he's a scout of the Houston Astros. He's like, Rob, you know, you're on the A team, but I got to move you to the B team. Every other kid on this team was like a star in their high school. They've gotten like 120 at bats in their high school season. You got 12, you know, now you're going to face the best pitching in the country. How, how are you going to, you know, compete or whatever? And, and for me, I just remember thinking, I was like, Oh my, wow. You know, like you could do everything right. You could stay after practice, shake everyone's hand, do all the reps, get the good grades, do whatever you need to do. But at the end of the day, if you, if your dream requires someone handing you something, then at the end of the day, they still have the, the choice yeah, to, not, it's out of your to, not control. It, to not give it to you. And I just remember telling myself, wow, I am never going to put so much effort into something that I do not have, you know, ultimate control over um, indefinitely. And so that was, I guess, that first spark where, you know, our, my mind shifted. You know, I, I felt like I got out of this bubble and um, ended up going to Amherst College. I played football and baseball there. And then my sophomore year, I, I started asking myself, I'm like, what's my, my major league talent? This is around the time that we built Leave Normal Behind. And I, I was like, you know, what's my major league talent? Am I really trying to go pro here? And, um, and I was like, you know what? I'm, never, I'm not going to be at a place like Amherst College again where I can get, you know, smart. My major league talent has got to be my brain. And so I just transitioned out of like football and baseball and just started diving into, you know, so many personal growth books, like I said, and really started exploring and navigating the world. And, you know, I'll share a quote that I think is really, um, really suits so well for uh, tiny leaps, big changes. I think this for me was that first tiny leap that developed like a huge change um, for me, you know, so it was right around the time I quit or transitioned out of both sports. And now I had so much free time on my hand, right? For the first time now, I'm not an athlete. I'm like, what do I do? Like, what, are you serious? I don't have film. I don't have workouts. How does somebody fill up their day? And so I go into the, the philosophy library at Amherst, like one of those deals where there's a bunch of books. And in the Socrates section, I pick up this book um, called The Human Condition. And in there, there's a quote by Marcus Aurelius that said this quote that just totally changed my life forever. And it said, um, if you don't want to become the best of the best, if you don't want to be immortal amongst mortals, then you're not even human, but rather an animal that has lived, died, and been forgotten, content with the pleasures around them. And I was like, wow, what this quote is saying is that your own family forgets you two or three generations down the road. I don't know my great grandfather. I sure as hell don't know my great great grandfather. Right. And what this quote is saying is that if you in your one lifetime don't create something of longevity past your death, well, then you didn't do anything to separate yourself from a squirrel that has lived, died, and been forgotten, content with the pleasures around them. Then the next thought is, and what I thought to myself, I was like, well, I'm not an elitist for sure, 
and a life of anonymity and comfortability, complacency is okay. I'm not one to judge. Yet, if there's one motherfucker in history that says you're either human or animal based on what you create, in that moment, I was like, well, I'm going to be written in a history book because I had been reading and I know that it takes no more energy to think a bigger thought or ask a bigger question. And that's something Socrates says, right? Ask big questions, get big answers. The quality of the questions that we ask are in direct proportion to the quality of the answers that we receive. Simply put, it's, Absolutely. you know, how do we help one person? How do we help 10 people? How do we help 100 people? How do we help 1,000 people? How do we help a million people? Each time I ask a different question, your our brain, because it's a problem-solving tool, is going to start thinking in new ways, yet it didn't take me any more energy to ask a bigger question. I don't feel any more strained to ask bigger questions. You know, so in that moment, we were saying, well, how do we help 7 billion people become the best version of themselves and create things that matter and build something that's lasting for hundreds of years, right? Because you look at things like, you know, Michael Jackson's great. He's awesome. You know, but is he going to be around for a hundred years, 200 years, 300 years? Is he Plato, Socrates, Aristotle? You start thinking about this idea of, you know, how long does it take for history to swallow you up? Because we have so many of these micro celebrities throughout all time, right? The person that was super rich, everyone knew them. They were super plugged in. They got all the benefits of life, right? And you go back to like 1460 Renaissance Italy and there is a person that was just killing it and we have no idea who they are. Yet in their small little century, they were a big deal, mm -hmm. right? And then you just start thinking, you know, that that was for us when we just started thinking at, at that level and it was a lot of exploring. My brother and I, you know, really didn't even open up a membership until leave normal behind for, for two and a half years. You know, we did it completely for free, um, just making content and, and for one learning more ourselves, you know, I think removing your hubris and ego is a huge thing. Understanding your limitations. I like that about you, Greg, when you said like, I'm not a guru, I'm not this. And a similar fashion, it's like, you know, I'm 24 years old. I just turned 24 in December. Um, and, uh, oh, happy belated. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, you know, it's this idea of when, when we're 19, 20, 21, right? Like we've had to meet like thousands of people at this point to like, really have deep conversations to learn what does leave normal behind mean for you? What are you dealing with? Because right. Like I don't have a family right now. I don't have kids right now. You know, like there's certain things that you don't know. I've never had a divorce, right? Elements where a leave normal behind lifestyle completely have a place in for how a leave normal behind lifestyle would operate in all areas of life. If that person is becoming the best version of themselves and creating things that matter yet not having that individual experience takes a, a, a true level of like active listening, you know? So that's really what we've been doing. I would say over the last, you know, three years and now in 2018, really going more about, you know, our with, now that we've taken so much time on the depth to get just a true understanding of, you know, how to do something like this in a very authentic way that uh, isn't just like a buzz, you know, very around now everyone kind of, you know, wants to create a community, but not all founders necessarily are coming from the most genuine place as opposed to they see it as something that might be profitable, you know, and then, and then you end up, you know, 
trying to monetize your community and then you lose the essence of what, what brought people there in the first place. Right. Right. So, um, okay. So I really love so much in that answer because, uh, we of course got the story of, you know, how you got to this place in your life. And and I love that. I love the shift from, well, first of all, the challenge of, of shifting from this, this identity you've had your entire life of being an athlete. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're not pursuing that anymore. Right. Like, what do you do? Um, and then embracing your mind and, and understanding that even after your muscles fade, even after your body starts to, to break, like as long as your mind is there, mm-hmm. you will always be a, a good. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll always be able to contribute. Like that's so huge to me. But then you took us in this direction of just really diving into the philosophy of existence, which is mm-hmm. something I think about so often um, because really, especially now and, and listeners of the show know this, I've done two episodes on it. Um, so my, my father passed away recently and uh, it's been one of those things where when something like that happens, you're forced to start questioning like, well, what is the point, right? What, why are we here? What, how can we be here for X number of years and then just disappear? Mm-hmm. And, and so everything you're saying to me like resonates so deeply because it's, it's just this question of, how do we do something while we're here so that even if people don't remember us seven generations from now, the effect of us being here is still present. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a big, big question I've been trying to answer. And I actually really love one of the things you said that I want to make sure I spotlight. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it on the show before as this concept of asking a better question. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you really dove into this idea that the the quality of answer you get is going to be directly related to the question that you ask. And I think we're all, especially, you know, listeners of this show that are just trying to find day-to-day stuff they can do to to change their life. I I think we all get stuck in those smaller questions. Like Mm -hmm. what am I going to have for breakfast today? What should I wear? What, like, should I stop at the gas station or that gas station? Like we get stuck in these, these, short-term individual day-to-day questions of Mm -hmm. just existing. And as a result, what ends up happening is we're never pursuing more. We're never moving with intention and and consciousness. We're just sort of asking the questions we need to ask in the moment in order to to make a decision. Um, So actually, I I think that's where I want to take the rest Mm -hmm. of this interview, which uh, is we're going to have to wrap up in the next like two, three minutes. So, Mm -hmm. so just take us in. How can we start to ask those better questions? How can we start to uh, think bigger about our lives in general, Mm -hmm. but then about the problems we try to solve and the questions that we ask ourselves? Yeah. So a couple of things again, and it comes from even answering your question by you need to ask yourself this question because guys, you know, what you have to do is, truly develop this feedback loop of question-based problem solving. Become articulate at asking strings and series of questions that for certain work every time. So for example, if you're, you know, people use the word failure, failure doesn't exist. It's just feedback. If you become apt and asking yourself what happened, what went wrong, how can I do better? What do I need to do right now? If you ask those four questions all the time, you'll never get stuck anywhere 
because those are active questions. The first question, though, to answer your question, Greg, of how do you get yourself out of these micro, monotonous, routine questions that we ask ourselves on the daily is it comes from a principle of seven habits of highly effective people is you got to start with the end in mind, right? And even Greg, before we talked, I asked, you know, what does winning look like? I always ask that question to myself, to my team, to my girlfriend, always, what does winning look like? Because if two people are able, and if you're able to even understand what winning looks like for yourself, well, then now you can start asking yourself, well, what are some steps I need to take to get to what winning looks like? And it's that idea, Greg, of, you know, I like how you said it, we're driving and we think, oh, gas station, then I go to the gas station. You have to find a big question that you're problem solving that you can anchor your lifestyle around. Because as you said that, I truly thought to myself, I said, wow, you know, I actually don't ever really deal with with that aspect of life. Personally, I have other issues that I, that I deal with, but not realizing how anchored into a question that we asked ourselves, uh, just by asking ourselves that question has actually allowed us to have a pretty active and exploratory life, even though at times we even get hard on ourselves, like, oh, we're not doing enough, we're not doing enough. You know, but if you ask yourself just a big question, even unconsciously, you know, you'll, you'll end up doing more than you think you can. Absolutely. And um, Rob, we're going to have to get you back on for a part two, because yeah. I, I really want to dive so much deeper into this, this concept of asking better questions and, yeah. and really building a framework for ourselves. Uh, <laughs> what I do want to leave listeners with, though, is uh, as listeners of this show, it, it's the question I've been uh, putting towards you for the last 230 plus episodes. I, I say it at the end of every single episode, I say all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. And, and so what I, what I want you to do in order to start asking yourself bigger questions is, is just sort of reframe that, right? So mm -hmm. what is the big change you want? And then what are the tiny leaps you can do in order to get there? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think even just asking yourself those two questions yeah. would allow you to start making more progress towards the things you want and, and, taking control of your life. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, uh, you d you're able, what you did is you took that one big question of what is the outcome that you want? And then you asked two great questions that are mi micro underneath that. Right. And that's the whole point of like question based problem solving, right? Cause after you're saying, what's the big change that I want? Well, then what are the tiny leaps I need to get there? You know, two back to back questions and then you're going to have a question after that, right? It's question answer. Of course. Question, what do I got to do right now? You know, or how of do course. I do that? How do I pay for it? You know, where are my limits? You know, it's just endless questions. And that's what makes it so fun. If you can just rely on your ability to always ask mm -hmm. the, the right questions. Absolutely. And life really is about problem solving in a lot yeah. of ways. Like living a full life that you're in control of is about identifying problems, whether ones you pose for yourself in the form of a question or problems mm -hmm. out in the world and then finding ways to solve them. Yeah. 100%. I agree with you. Well, listen, Rob, this has been awesome. Like I said, we're going to have to get you back on for a part two. So we're yeah. going to have to make that happen ASAP. Um, Let's do it next week. No, absolutely. I'm completely down. Uh, so with that said, thank you so much for listening to this show. Make sure you check out Rob. Rob, where can we find you? What can we do to connect with you? Yeah, so definitely send me a request or follow me on Facebook. That's a platform that I'm communicating with people on most. Rob Fajardo, F-A-J-A-R-D-O. LinkedIn, you can get me there. Um, Instagram, you can find me there. 
If you want to connect with me personally, uh, sending me a Facebook message really does work. That's where I communicate with people. Um, or an email, rob at leavenormalbehind.com. Perfect. And actually, Rob, I'm going to add you to the Facebook community for this podcast. So if any of you guys are already there, you can just find him there and and connect with him that way. Um, If you haven't joined, then make sure you head over to Facebook and do that. Uh, Rob, again, thank you so much. The show is Leave Normal Behind. Make sure you check that out. It's Mondays at 8 p.m. and uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I have to start checking it out even more than I currently do. Yeah. Uh, And Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. 